Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is a Bramble Jam podcast. If you're listening to this in real time, you know that we're officially in November. And for all good and decent people, that means Christmas season. So what better time to discuss the first in Dolly's recent canon of Christmas or Christmas-adjacent films? The years are 2015 and 2016. My name is Justin Kirkland, and this is my year with Dolly. I know that it's too early for me to be saying this, but ho, 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 welcome to My Year with Dolly, a podcast about Dolly Parton's life and career that has led us to what I believe will be deemed the family and holiday episodes. Sure, for over 40 weeks, we've been diving into the career of Dolly Parton, but it just so happens that as the podcast draws to a close, the next few years and or episodes lend themselves very well to the holiday season. And that's so refreshing, because while the rest of the world is feeling chatty about politics, I'm ready to sit down and get real about how the coat of many colors lends itself so well to Christmas time. This journey started in January of 2020, or in Dolly years, 1967, and it leads us all the way to today, you listening to me here. If you've been here since the beginning, thank you for your patience and your persistence. I know that I've rambled on quite a bit. And if this is your first rodeo, well, welcome to the party. Regardless, we're happy to have you along for the ride. And if you have good feelings about it, find us on Apple Podcasts, no pressure. Leave us a nice review and message. Be sure and subscribe, you know, all the things. This week we embark on 2015 and 2016. It's another one of those two-year spans that are almost in complete dichotomy with one another. In 2015, Dolly is kicking off her NBC deal that brings the coat of many colors to life on television. 2016 features the follow-up to that movie, as well as a massive tour that almost elevates Dolly back to the same kind of American crowds that she was pulling back in the 70s and 80s. And yet, by the end of that year, the world that raised her was quite literally on fire. This is ultimately a bit of a two-week episode. I don't want to call it a cliffhanger, but if that makes you excited, it's totally a cliffhanger. This week, we'll focus on the lighter side of that equation. That, of course, are the holiday films that Dolly honed in on in 2015-2016. 
After taking a few years to focus on her music, Dolly turned her attention to something that had been on her mind for a while, taking some of her most favorite songs and bringing them to life in a way that families could enjoy them. It would be the beginning of a big film turn for Dolly and a revamping of that production itch that she had back in the 90s. Remember Straight Talk, uh, Father of the Bride, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah, that urge is coming all back. Of course, this week hits close to home for me because the Code of Many Colors NBC movie is the reason that I ended up getting to interview Dolly, the story that I told uh, during the first episode's partner words. I think I had the same questions about a lot of her projects that I do now. Why would you do this at this very moment? What's the reasoning for creating a movie in 2015 about a song you released 40 years prior? And this was essentially her answer. She told me, I thought it would make a pretty movie and it would let people see a little more inside me and people love the song of the same title. It's my favorite song I've ever written. I just wanted to do something to honor my family and the people I came from and the people that made me. So like I said, 2015 and 2016 may blend a little over the next couple episodes, but hey, let's start with the positive, right? Here's the quickest of rundowns when it comes to how our episodes go. We typically have four parts, a year in review where we'll do a sweeping look at a year in Dolly's life, a deep dive where we'll take one part of that year and break it down, talk about the particulars, and an album review. Sometimes we also have some partner words from someone whose life was affected by Dolly. That's not the case this week, but hey, there's plenty of story to discuss, so don't get too sad. With all that said, put your Santa Claus hats on, get out your Christmas stockings, make some mulled wine. We got a Christmas-ish... It's, it's complicated. It came out at Christmas time. Just roll with me. We're going to discuss 2015 and 2016. You know, 2015 was a relatively quiet year in Dolly's world. With some business acquisitions in the way of Dollywood, a lot of her energy went into kind of the business side of who Dolly Parton is, and I think a lot of times we look over that, but Dolly was acquiring other productions in the Smoky Mountains, as well as expanding outside of East Tennessee, even more than she already had. And that's not always the most fun or exciting thing to talk about, but know that in 2015, if it wasn't the most overt thing in the world, Dolly was still doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Actually, if anything, 2015's biggest moment for her was the resurrection of her production company. Used to be named Sand Dollar Productions with her longtime manager, Sandy Gowan, but now it was under the name of Dixie Pixie Productions. It was with that name that she decided to launch the first of what would be a series of TV movies based on her songs. The first would be the larger story behind The Code of Many Colors. In 2016, things heated up even more for Dolly. She released the album Pure and Simple, which became her first number one in 25 years. Every song was written by her, and to support the album, she launched a tour that went on to visit over 60 cities in North America, a lot of them cities that hoped Dolly would come before and she wasn't able to visit. Not to be outdone by her own accolades, 
She released a version of Jolene with the band Pentatonics, that acapella group that everybody loves that does also a lot of Christmas songs, so we're on theme. And it became a huge hit for her all over again. That same year, she received the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Country Music Awards. Also in 2016, Dolly and her husband, Carl Dean, renewed their wedding vows for their 50th wedding anniversary. But with all the triumphs come difficult times. What we'll be discussing next week are the Smoky Mountain fires of 2016. The fires encroached on Dollywood, but they devastated Gatlinburg and much of the area where Dolly grew up. When we congregate here next week, we'll talk about how she led a massive effort to help resurrect the community and how, when her back was against the wall, Dolly showed up for the mountains that raised her. But I told you this week was positive, and we'll stay true to that. So let's focus on it. Take yourself a quick break. This is a little early in the episode. It might end up being a shorter episode. Don't hate me. I love you guys. When you get back here, we'll have some TV movies to discuss. So don't go too far, okay? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, see? I told you we'd be back real quick. For this week's Dolly Dive... We're talking about the couple movies that Dolly had come out on NBC, the Code of Many Color series. What started in 2015 for Dolly seemed to outline the next few years of her career. Actually, it kind of leads us to where we are today. Before the year started, Dolly began talks of how to bring her songs to life in a different medium than music. She talked about movies of the week and how she'd love to help spearhead the revival of those. And thus, what used to be Sandollar Productions came back as something else. Dixie Pixie Productions stepped in and became this purveyor of family-friendly content that would help usher in a new age of these TV movies that had since kind of fallen off the radar. Along with NBC and Magnolia Hill Productions, the first in that series would be a TV movie version of her song, Code of Many Colors. Of course, Coat of Many Colors is the song nearest to Dolly's heart. She said that in interviews time and time again. Based on a true story, it taps into a lot of themes, be it bullying or acceptance or family. But at the end of the day, it's about a coat that Dolly's mom put together with patches, kind of like you might see on a quilt. She sent her off to school and the kids made fun of her, but she had this coat that was kind of reminiscent of... Um, Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, and it became her strength. She was always proud of it, no matter what the kids said. 
Long story short, it scratched a lot of itches for the kind of audience NBC was looking for. With the story locked and writer set, Dolly and NBC brought Jennifer Nettles on to play her mom, Ricky Schroeder to play Dolly's dad, and a relatively unknown actress named Olivia Aylin Lind to play Dolly herself. The story expands on the song, staying rooted in the Smoky Mountains and the life of Dolly's family, the baby her mother delivered that died soon after, and the hardship of being a working family in difficult times. Networks aren't going to take bets on programs they don't believe in, sure. That wouldn't make sense at all, but I don't believe people realize just how beloved the film would end up being. Critics seem to love it which was particularly shocking in a time when saccharine sweet, earnest content wasn't performing generally, and the public responded in kind. The series had a viewership of over 13 million people, and in the time of streaming, those numbers of, you know, a live audience that's watching something that you have to sit down and schedule for, well, it's kind of unheard of. It was so popular in its inaugural early December showing that NBC decided to air it again right before Christmas. It seemed to speak to this desire across the country. People wanted wholesome material, and who better to deliver it than Dolly Parton, or at least Dolly Parton's story. At the time, Dolly said that she wanted to do a whole slate of films based on her songs. The next in the chamber was going to be Jolene. By the time the following following, excuse me, following year came around, NBC opted instead to do a sequel of the original. And while it was similarly kind and featured Dolly as a prostitute, which I feel like we could have a whole episode about that, but we'll, we'll pass for now. It had a laughably long title. Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors, colon, Circle of Love. After 2016, NBC opted not to continue with its plan to make Dolly's movies. Instead, she moved over to Netflix, but it seemed to open this new chapter of Dolly's songbook that features a ton of her songs and feel-good films that people wanted to gobble up. And you know, I actually recorded this episode before the events of this week, and I'm not even sure what those events ended up being, but I think that at the end of the day, what connects us are good stories that remind us of the family that we love the most, the people in our lives that we care about, and I think the Dolly got that. I think the Dolly, naturally, got it maybe a little sooner than the rest of us did. And thus you have the films that come out on Netflix last year, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, which we'll be discussing in a future episode. But I think it's just a testament that Dolly always seems to know what we need just a little bit before we know it ourselves. Alright, for this week's album review, we have Backwoods Barbie. And Backwoods Barbie is such an interesting album for Dolly because it subverts so much of what I've come to expect from her. Kind of similar to the episode we had last week, a lot of the songs that Dolly has written for this album are kind of like Dollyisms. It had been three years since Dolly released Those Were the Days, and there's something noticeably different on Backwoods Barbie. Like the force of the music wasn't quite there in the same way. There are a few songs that really do stand out, but it tends to be the songs that Dolly didn't write herself, which is strange. 
Her covers of Tracks of My Tears, which was originally recorded, if I'm correct, by Smokey Robinson, and Drive Me Crazy, which I don't know the original singer, but it's the one that's like, Drive Me Crazy, oh, oh. Yeah, Dolly covered it. They're standouts on the album in a way that maybe you wouldn't really expect. But what's most bizarre is that so many of the Dolly-written songs feel only like a shade of who Dolly is. The Lonesomes and Shinola and I Will Always Hate Roses feel like those Dollyisms that we talked about. They tap into who Dolly is without giving you much of who she is at her core. It appeases a casual Dolly fan, but when you've listened to all of her work and the discography and the single she's released in the past, it's hard to listen to it and think, oh, this is the woman at work. There's just something really, I don't know, kind of visceral that's missing from it. But to say all of that is to suggest that there aren't beautiful moments within the album. And I think if I've really driven anything home, it's hard to find a Dolly album where you can't find a moment. There's this slow burn of a song called Only Dreamin'. And it, it has almost like a slightly dark vibe that later years Dolly gets into in a way that early Dolly doesn't. I think, when I think of early Dolly albums, I think of some of her sadder songs that really cut to the core. But sometimes I wonder how much Dolly knew the person that she was singing about. I think that she might have had an idea, but I don't think that it was in the same way that she that she knew in later years. And that's what you get in this song, Only Dreamin'. It taps into this loneliness and otherworldly sadness that can only come from experience. And I find it so interesting that it's nestled in the middle of this album like a mountain-soaked secret. You have to listen closely, but it's the clearest that Dolly comes through on the album. And sometimes I wonder if there is this this version of Dolly that we get, it's kind of like the Dollyisms. It's the it's a sweet and bubbly version of her. And then there's the Dolly that has experienced the world. Maybe a Dolly that she isn't so interested in exposing 100%. The kind of Dolly that you get on songs like Only Dreamin'. Like any other Dolly album, there's something to be taken away in all of them. But Backwoods Barbie lacks the luster that so many of the other albums have. But like I said, in the middle, there's a bit of Dolly to be found, even if it doesn't match that same persona that defines so much of her current career. And I think that that makes it all the more special. With that, I think, oh man, outside, <laughs> outside the leaves just rustled and I wish that you guys could have heard it because it would have made this ending so much more dramatic. Um, but with that, I think that we come to an end this week. Like I said, it's not going to be the longest episode in the world, but 2015 and 16 weren't particularly the most eventful years in the world. So what can you do? What you can do is thank the people that help you put together this podcast every week. A shout out to Bramble Jam, the wonderful network that is in their heyday right now. If you guys are Christmas fans at all, be sure and check out Bramble Jam Plus. You can get access to the Deck the Hallmark podcast, in addition to a litany of other podcasts that come with bonus materials. They host this gigantic project about Dolly, and I could not be any more grateful. Shout out to the Petersons, who allow us to use their beautiful cover of Jolene to open and end each episode. 
A giant thank you to Dolly Parton for living this life so that we can tell the stories every week. Don't forget to subscribe and review. I believe, if I'm counting it correctly, I'm changing this every week because I think I added an episode in because that's just who I am. But after this week, guys, we have four more episodes until we end the the titular year with Dolly. We have 2017 and 18 next week, a 2019 episode, a Christmas episode because I love I love the holiday and then our final episode that catches us up with Dolly in 2020. So, hang in there with me a little bit longer. I'm so happy to call you friends and that you've come along on this ride with me. And as always, from my Brooklyn Mountain home to yours, I hope you have a wonderful week because I know in my heart you deserve it. My Year with Dolly is hosted by Justin Kirkland and produced by Justin Kirkland and Brandon Gray. It's a part of the Bramble Jam Podcast Network. For more shows a part of the Bramble Jam Podcast Network, check out BrambleJamPodcast.com. To contact Justin with your Dolly story, email MyYearWithDolly at gmail.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.